1: What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life what's up dream builder we are back again we have an episode today that i'm so excited to bring to you because right now the world that we're living in there's so many of us that we're unknown right and what i mean by that we don't know exactly which way we should be looking we don't know exactly should we be going after passion what should we be going after profit social media is showing that we're looking at everything around us but what we want to do is we want to stay true to who we are because we know on the inside we have a dream and today we have none other than the Miss Ra Goddess on the show. And I'll tell you why I'm excited to talk to Ra is because I've been seeing her for about, this is probably six to eight months. And every time I see it, I can't just look at one piece of content. I gotta go back and look at something else as well to be like, what's the context? Like, is she always had this aura? So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my sister, Miss Ra Goddess to the show. Ra, you wanna go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation?
2: what what is up what is up you all it's my joy to be here and castanova thank you so much for having me truly a privilege
1: yo yes this is gonna be a fun one this is gonna be a really fun one so the way that i always love to start the show is i compare us as entrepreneurs to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. I know as a highly sought after speaker, you are, and we're putting on our cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. Mm-hmm. And so what we all know, what a lot of us know is who that W on the chest is for wonder woman, right on the outside. But a lot of the times we don't know who that Lois Lane on the backside is. And mm-hmm. so the same thing could be said for rock goddess. We see her on Instagram, we see her on, uh, We see her on Times Magazine, Forbes, but a lot of the times we don't know who is that backside woman. So if you could give us a glimpse into who is the lowest lane of Ra Goddess.
2: I love this question. (laughs) Um, So she's quiet, Mm. mostly. Um, And I I really shout out to all of my introverts out there. Um, The people who are actually more comfortable in the back of the room who like to listen more than they like to speak. Um, And I say that because um, sometimes we think that because we are naturally that way that we can't dream big or that we can't have big visions that uh, affect the lives of millions and millions of people. And um, everything that has Lois, I'm gonna call myself nickname Lois here, everything that has like little raw, big raw, however we wanna describe it, but everything that has, um, you know, Ramel, which is really my given name, Ramel, um, Fuel Raw is, is the, the love and the passion that I have for people, hmm. um, the dedication and the commitment that I have to liberation. Um, and so, you know, that is what fuels me to be in those bigger platforms and stages. Um, I'm there with a purpose. I'm very, very devoted to that. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I'm reading, (laughs) I'm in nature, communing with nature, Mm. you know, I'm loving up on my family, you know, um, very, very quiet life in comparison to you know the work i believe i'm being called to in the world so it's a great question
1: yeah (laughs) no i I love it and thank you for sharing because i think right now a lot of people they'll be able to maybe put their guard down a little bit because they see you as a speaker and they're like oh she's always on stage so she's but then when you talk about it you say hey you know what i'm actually more introverted i love to be you know with myself and my own thoughts and so my question i guess for you is where did it change at because did you grow up as a young girl and you were more shy more quiet
2: yeah, it's a great. Um, hmm. You know, I, I think I always had this very rich inner world as a young girl. I love to read. I, I you know, my parents. Um, Where did you grow I, up? I, so I grew up in right outside of New York City, New Shell, New York. Shout out New right. Shell. Woo, woo, Westchester mm-hmm. County. Um, but spent a lot of time in Manhattan and then spent a significant amount of time in Brooklyn because the constellation of my family was mostly in Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights. Um, <clears throat> you know, that was sort of the, the community for me growing up. And, um, and I think I always had this very shy side to me um, because I did enjoy being by myself. I, I loved reading and sort of escaping inside of imaginary stories and books. And, um, and my parents obviously were really strong on education. Mm-hmm. So I think just from that like sort of early indoctrination, it was always about, you know, knowledge and the amassing of knowledge. And my father really modeled it. he was somebody who read 60 to 70 books a year consistently. And, you know, I remember as a kid, like our front hallway of my childhood would be be stacked with books. And my father didn't read like these little, you know, primers.
1: (laughs) He was reading encyclopedias.
2: You know what I'm saying? He was reading these big, thick, volumes you know world history part five you know mm. what I mean yeah um and I and I used to sit at his feet literally so he had this chair that he used to sit I used to sit at his feet and he would always have a book open and he would always be speaking from you know sharing from this book and so I became this sponge I think at a very young age and that lent itself to I think this more quiet side I had a more boisterous side but it was um, it had to have a purpose or reason, you know? And I think that that lends itself to to kind of how I show up today. If I, I can get on the stage, if I need to, if it's important, if it matters to me, I'm there. Um, if it's fluff, uh, less interested.
1: <laughs> Got it. No, I, I respect that a hundred percent. And I agree with that. Um, let me ask though. So at what point did you decide that I need to become a world changer right and the reason why i say that is because you're getting the knowledge you're getting the information you're becoming a sponge but at some point to become a teacher rather than just a student that's a whole different transition and a lot of people shy away from that because then as you get older you get those limiting beliefs right and for you it could even be the sense of and I don't know I'm not assuming but like it could even be the sense of I'm not as good as my father right so like I can't share so then if you're already more shy and you're already more introverted you're like hey I'll just get the lessons but I don't know if I can necessarily teach it to someone else where did that start to to transition for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I tell the story that I came to my purpose kicking and screaming. And it is why I have so much compassion for so many reluctant leaders out there <laughs> or reluctant change agents, I would say, out there. Um, you know, it, it began for me, I think, in terms of really crystallizing in my early 20s. I mean, all throughout my childhood, listen, my parents were very active. They marched with King, they knew Malcolm. You know, and Mm. I had the privilege of being this change of life baby, you know, with parents who were born in the 1920s. (laughs) So they had survived Jim Crow segregation. They so I literally got the firsthand accountings of those kinds of things, which is rare. Do you know what I mean? And a a tremendous gift. And so my sense of purpose and calling from the perspective of wanting people to be free from the perspective of justice and equality came very at a very, very young age. Mm. But I think my um, moment of being thrust into the spotlight came um, in my mid-20s when I went through what we know as in, in the astrological terms of Saturn's return.
0: Hmm. Um,
2: and it typically happens between the age of 24 and 27, where your life sort of gets thrown on, on hilt. Like It's interesting when I hear your story. I would wonder at what age all of this went on. Cause I'm like, I wonder if that was his Saturn's return where your life literally, it's like the universe takes your life and just turns it upside down and kind of, you know, if you had a bag, it's it's crazy like that, dumps, you say that, dumps yeah. the contents of the bag onto the floor. And, and then you start asking these very big questions about who you are and what really matters. And for me, it began with death, the death of my mother at 26. Um, and, and it was a very, for me, very visceral experience. I was very present. Um, it was just she and I in the room, and so and it took me seven years, Casanova, to really be able to talk about it. Like that's just how um, devastated yeah. I was because my mom was larger than life, um, very active in community. Uh, definitely for me, um, the the person who really sort of set the standard of excellence for me in my life and um, and work and and really in partnership with my father instilled these values of like you know, there but for the grace of God go I. So you never look down your nose at anybody, right? Because mm. that could be you tomorrow, you know, or five minutes from now, right? And and it was right. them coming from a history of having to fight for basic dignity and respect for much of their adult lives. And so I, I think it was her passing at 26, and which was the sort of the beginning of my Saturn's return, and then losing five other people in a period of five months who were very, very close, to me, two of which, sadly, were brutally murdered. um, Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up call, right? Right. Um, And it's interesting because I started to ask these questions. I began being drawn to my creative voice. I began really thinking about how I wanted to do more for community in a way that was more impactful. I was always working local, you know, community-based organizations, local activism and organizing. That was always a part of just... My growing up and my upbringing was what I was surrounded by. But this idea of potentially envisioning bigger or thinking bigger. um, And I began to do work as a poet and an artist. And and that took me um, all over the world. And this intersection for me of arts and social justice and arts and social change and social impact then became that next sort of chapter and era of my life. And then at some point, I went back to sleep. Um, And I say that because sometimes it happens with all of us. You know, if you live long enough, you're going to have seasons and reasons and stages and phases of and evolutions in your calling and your purpose. And, um, And I was doing really great as an artist, but then really sort of got into business and wanted to understand more about sustainability and profitability and making money and and, and, and I sort of detoured a little bit and was kind of like, well, let me start to do what feels more safe. Or let me start to do what feels more aligned. And so um, my artistry was a part of that, but then it was about teaching and it was about facilitating and it was about leading trainings. And I was in my blood, but it was doing it in a very safe way. I'm over here in this little corner of the world where nobody knows. <laughs> and I do think to your point, It is the question that we all ask, who am I to do this? Who am I to think I can do this? Mm -hmm. Is anybody really going to listen to me? Will they come? Is there real value? And I think we all on some level go through that, you know. And this is the place where mentors make a difference. This is the place where coaches make a difference. This is the place where advisors, whether they're formal or informal, make a difference. This is where right. sponsors change the game. You and I know this, right? right. People right. who see what we don't see and who are willing to call us forth. Um, and I was for a couple of years in this big back and forth with the universe about whether or not I was gonna do it. Like, you know, God was saying, "This is this is the path. And I was like, thank you for sharing. Because people write me checks to do this.
1: <laughs> right. And when you say <laughs> I do like it, <laughs>
2: do you mean like do coaching,
1: do mentoring yourself?
2: Well, it's, it's interesting because when it first came to me, and, and, and this is something I talk a lot about with my beloveds, sometimes, when your purpose comes the first time, I think it comes as a feeling. It hmm. comes almost as this thing that you can't even put words to. It's just, it's in your chest. You feel open. You feel so filled with love. You feel excited. You feel invincible, right? And until the high wears off, right? (laughs) And and this is what I said these moments of inspiration, and we get glimpses of it. At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation,
0: Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: And we get glimpses of ourselves in it. But sometimes it takes a while before the actual language will come. And so what I kept feeling was your work is to heal people. Your work is to inspire people. Your work is to uplift people. Your work is to show people who they are. And I don't know how you put that on a resume, right? I don't right. know how you put that on a business card. I don't know how you tell people this is what you do and they pay you checks for it. You know, I didn't, I didn't quite have all of that understanding. <clears throat> I knew the world of motivational speaking, but it didn't feel like that was my work. Hmm. That makes sense yeah. um, at the time. And so I was like, okay, I hear you, God, but I have no idea how to do what you're asking me to do. And I just kept doing what I had been doing Um, until one night I was on my way home from work. It was late at night. I was living in bed at the time. I was coming out of the subway, coming into my front porch and a guy pulled up on a bike and we had an interaction and he pulled a gun. And he shot. And I saw the bullet leave the chamber. I saw the smoke. I saw the light flash, you know, it's one of the things you hear from many people where they tell you everything sort of slows down. Like you, you, it's almost like you get into sort of this tunnel, this muffled sound tunnel. Um, And I felt this beam of energy come down through the top of my head and root me and plant me in my feet. And I felt this during the exchange. And we both saw the bullet leave the chamber, but, for whatever reason I was, I was spared. And this particular individual kept, kept shooting. And at some point the gun jammed. And I say that in the story was fascinating because he was as shocked as I was because we both knew what was going on. Right. Right. It wasn't like, it was like he was shooting. I should have been. And you didn't know uh, him. Did not know him.
1: Was he trying to Um, rob? Like, got it,
2: got it. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to rob, And, um, and you know, again, it was one of these surreal experiences. And so, right. you know, he jumps on his bike and you know, sort of throws a thread over his shoulder and leaves. And um, and I stand there and then I slowly start to feel this energy almost like a cloak come back up and rise out through the top of my head. And then of course afterwards I'm freaking out. But in the aftermath and all of the flashbacks, I kept hearing the message. You know, and that that I'm here to do something, and either I'm gonna say yes, or the universe was gonna take me out. That was basically the message. Like you're gonna do what you're here to do, or that's it. And not you know play time play time over.
1: Right, right. <laughs> wow, that's a, definitely a powerful experience, and I say that because. There's so many people right now that we do have the signs right And just like you said and it comes from inspiration it comes from excitement but we don't necessarily it, it reminds me a lot of the times and i was just having this conversation with a buddy of mine you know in the pursuit of happiness where uh will smith's son is talking about you know the man in the three boats right and then he's like you know oh god's gonna save me god's gonna save me and then he gets there and he's like god i thought you were gonna save me he's like i sent you three boats you big dummy and a lot of the times like that's for a lot of us i know i've even experienced that and it's crazy that you say i've never heard about you said saturn spaces
2: saturn return
1: saturn Saturn return yes and it's crazy because when i lost my mom job home i just moved here to omaha where i am now and i was 27 years old right mm-hmm. and that was that changing time for me and just like you i was very very close with my mom and so it was something that we did not see coming at all and and on top of that i had my grandma who was still here at 72 years old and it was like she had just lost not only her only child but a companion because she wow. lived with my mom for 40 of her for 50 years but even with that i still had my son and my wife, my son's two and a half and my wife is now supporting me, not only emotionally, but financially, because I lost my job and it was just a chain. So it was all of those things to where I was asking myself the questions of like, why me? Like, you know, it just feels like every time I'm thinking that things are going to go right. And, and then all of a sudden things go left and, and you could say that's wrong. But I always love to live by that, that kind of old ancient saying of uh, who knows what's good or what's bad right and so you just have to take it and so i love that you shared all of that because again i think that somebody right now especially with the time depending on when they're watching or listening at this right there's a pandemic that's been going on and hopefully it ends soon but there's a lot of people right now that they're seeing the signs right maybe they've been saying for the last year and a half that like they don't want to be at this job anymore or they want to take and but they've gotten these signs And then it's like, hopefully listening at this, if maybe tomorrow or the next week or something, something boom happens for them. And they could say, wow, maybe this is what Ra was talking about. Maybe this is that time to stop playing small and to go after it. Right. And so I think that that's very powerful. And that story right there could change a life. And, uh, I appreciate you sharing it.
2: Mm, Thank you. Thank you for, for, for allowing me the space to do that. I mean, I think you know, what I want folks to know, no matter where you are, because some of us ask, you know, do I have to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. right. before I make the turn? And the answer is, we don't have to, right. right? And at the same time, there is a wisdom in our journey that we can't always understand or see when we're in the middle of it. It's only when we can reflect back that we can go, oh, that was why that turn was a left turn as opposed to a right turn. Oh, this was why I left the house when <clears throat> I, you know, thought I was supposed to have stayed or oh, you know, and and so we know if we can remember that it often makes sense when we're looking at it in our rearview mirror. Mm. But sometimes it doesn't make sense when we're in the middle of it. Right? And so the thing that I ask of every single one of us is to start to carve space to listen and reflect so that it's not like we develop a practice of reflecting every five years, (laughs) right? Or even for many of us at the end of the year, but we actually develop a practice of reflecting daily Hmm. because the messages are there. right? Every single moment of every single day you are being communicated with. By whatever you want to call it, God, source, creator, the universe, love, whatever you know—you choose to call that energy, that higher wisdom of which you are a part of, you're always being communicated with. And so the more that we can create space for it, space for the ideas, when the ideas come that we actually sit down in our journals and we write, you know, we don't necessarily try to worry in that moment about how we're going to make it real we just honor the fact that we got the download. Right. And then tomorrow you see what I mean? Here comes the next
1: download. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you though, because there's some people out there that's listening right now that they say, okay, that's great. Right. But I still like, she wrote a book called the calling, right. And it stay true to who you are, but there's the second part in there, which I think goes through the love, but it says get paid right and a lot of people listen at this and they say okay that's great for her but she's clearly getting paid right and i'm not so it's very hard for me to be able to look past the trees to see the forest the bigger picture so where is my first step at figuring out what can i do to figure out what my gift and my talent is so i can start to get paid right now is there anything that you help your clients with to, to figure this out
2: yeah, I want to talk about the, both the, the process and the journey and, and the paid part, right? So <clears throat> you have to give room to let the gift breathe. Hmm. You have to give room to understand what the gift is. A lot of what happens for us Casanovas, we get the idea. And then 30 seconds later, we're trying to figure out how to feed a family of 10 on it. And when the idea can't stand up to that kind of scrutiny and that kind of pressure, we abandon Right. And so we have to be willing to be in a process. For some of us, that means we need to develop a transition plan. That means I'm not quitting my job today, but I have a plan that's going to enable me to quit my job in two years. Right. For other people, it is, you know what? I am done. I am ready. I've got the nest egg. This is about confidence. This is about courage. This is about being willing to say yes to what I know has been true all along. Right. And mm-hmm. so each of us has to feel into. Where are we in the journey and what is the best next step for each of us based upon where we are? So I'm going to say to you, listen, if you have a family and you have a sense of what you need to take care of your family, you know what that business or that idea needs to earn, then it's about creating and structuring a plan that enables you to transition in a way that is fiscally responsible, right? And this is the work that we do with our clients all the time, right? So transition plan. For those of you who you have the nest egg, you have all of the resources, or and, and even it may not be that you're starting your own business. It may be that you're moving from one company to another. It may be that you're going for a promotion or an upgrade in terms of environment and role, and, and there's fear there. And you need to create a space or an opportunity or environment where you can be supported, where you can be encouraged, where you can be cheered for and rooted for, whether that's your bestie or whether that's you hire a coach, (laughs) right? Or you join a community or a circle and you tell the truth about what you're up to and you have people who are willing to lovingly hold you accountable because we know that the promises that we make to other people, often we will keep them quicker Mm. than the promises that we make to ourselves, right? Right. For the most part. um. So you have to start to get to a, into an honest conversation with you about what's in the way. You have to get to an honest conversation with you about what do you need to succeed and start to explore that question. Because for some of us, we don't even know the answer. We've never asked ourselves a question. What is it that I personally need in order to be successful? I can watch everybody else's success. I can hear about the things that were influential for them. But at some point, I still have to make that extrapolation back to me. Right. Am I the type of person where I need the kick in the butt or am I the type of person where I need the hug and the cookie? (laughs)
1: Got to be honest.
2: And depending upon the day, I know both. Am I the type of person that I'm a back against the wall kind of person, like when the chips are down and I have to perform, that's when I'm really, you know, that's when brilliance and magic show up. Or am I the type of person where my belly's full and I know where I'm going to sleep at night? Then then I can think. You know, and you have to sort of begin to ask yourself those questions, right? The get paid comes from a willingness to honor what it is that you are here to uniquely bring. For some of us, we're in touch with what that is. For others of us, we are still learning. What is our gift? What is our magic? I would say to you, pay attention to the things that you're passionate about. Pay attention to the things that are effortless for you meaning like they give you so much joy to do them, you would probably do them for free. Pay attention to the things that when you deliver them or you give them, people are moved in deep, deep and incredible ways by that contribution. Pay attention to the things that you do where time disappears, you're not watching the clock, right? These are all of the clues that I say, the breadcrumbs, right? that often lead to your purpose. And even if you don't know the big, like, okay, life-changing thing that you're here to do, what's calling you today? Hmm. What's inviting you today? Because those little, what I call the little C's will lead you to the bigger C. If you stay with those impulses, you start to learn how to be in conversation, and dialogue with yourself in a way where you're listening for what's pulling, what's tugging, what's nagging, then the big C will, will show itself, right? Super quick story.
0: Yeah.
2: I remember watching this beautiful interview with Lynn manuel and he was talking about Hamilton and he said, I have learned to pay attention. And this is how he started the interview, to the things that do this. And he's tapping himself on the shoulder. He said, Hamilton for seven years did this begging me, begging me to a point where I could not deny that this wanted to come through me. And, you know, we hear this story from the perspective of having created and written and, you know, and mounted one of the biggest Broadway shows of all time. Right. (laughs) Right. We hear this from that perspective. But we have to remember Lin-Manuel, the English lit teacher, right, who is navigating the subway every day in New York City with the tap on his shoulder, right? right? Because that wasn't what it is now. That, you know what I mean? That, right. Let me say it was, but he didn't know. Right. The only difference between us knowing what Hamilton is and not knowing what Hamilton's is, is that he listened. So my first coaching always to you all is begin to listen to yourself. Start to take your ideas Seriously, start to take your dreams, your passion, those nudgings, those longings seriously.
1: I love it. I love it. You know what, what it made me think of is Tyler Perry, right? And I remember, you know, 15 years ago, we all started watching the Medea plays, and they were really just like screenplays right and and to see what it turned into and box office and now he has his own theater or not theater but the studio and the the big compound that he has and so he's got an absolutely amazing story and uh one day we're gonna get tyler perry on the show but not to derail on that um yeah that's so so powerful and just listening and i think that there's so much merit there and no one's going to deny that and that's right there is again an eye-opener the next part of this though is someone will listen And they'll say, okay, I think I figured it out, but we all know what happens when we think we figured it out and we wanna go after it. We have that little voice, right? And that little voice then turns into what a lot of us call imposter syndrome of, am I really able, because just like you said, when we do something naturally, I think when we do something, we want to have a major impact in the world on it. And you, you, you referenced, right. Trying to take this idea and feed a family of 10, which I thought was very funny because that's what we all do. Like it's going to be the biggest thing ever. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. And so with that, it can maybe sometimes put fear in us. So how do we overcome that next level of the imposter syndrome and just maybe taking it one step or one bite at a time.
2: Yeah, there is a beautiful verse in the Tao Te Ching, verse 63 that says, it is the small that becomes great and it is the few that become many. And I think there is a way that we dismiss the small. And the truth of the matter is that anything great that has ever been built has been built one brick, one step, one moment, one day at a time. And it is about persevering. It is about the practice. It is about the consistency. Like none of the people you've named, Tyler Perry, Lynn Manuel, any of the folks that we named, this was not overnight. Right. You know, and we hear this all the time, like right? the 10-year overnight sensation, right? The 10,000 hours, right? If you talk about shout out Malcolm Gladwell, right? Right. So you hear all these terms, but I think sometimes when it comes to us, we look at, you know, IG or we look at, you know, all of the sort of channels and immediately the comparison begins. And I heard a woman recently say, you know, I don't know what it is about us that we compare ourselves on our worst day to other people on their best day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and sort of we compare ourselves at day one to people who are at year 50. Right. And, you know, and all we can see is the gap. <laughs> right. And so that can, as much as it can inspire us, it can also demoralize us. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to learn a particular kind of patience. We have to learn a particular kind of self-love and self-reverence. And and I'm i speaking this directly in the context of your money, right? Because I know this this is the big question that everybody always wants to answer is about the money, right? And I talk about this in depth in the book, right? Your get paid is an extension of your love. Mm. It's an extension to the degree to which you are willing to love others through the gift that you give to the world. And it is the extension to which you are willing to receive love in the form of compensation, Mm. whether that's acknowledgement, praise, financial, right, uh, accolades, however you define it some of us are really good at giving casanova but we're really lousy at receiving right some of us have uh, hardened our hearts because of what we've been through and so even in the loving we're holding back. you know somebody asked me this question why did you put everything in the book they were like my god the worksheets the download the, the, they were like you just gave it all and i said yeah because i love you all and i want you all to have it all. Right. I held nothing back, right? And, right. And, and I'm saying that to say that if we could imagine, and this is an important uh, question you want to be asking yourself as you take an inventory of the current state of your work. Are you doing the work of your heart? Hmm. Are you doing the work with love? Are you holding anything back? Because if you wanna know where your money is, that's where your money is. Mm. And the more that we can open up and the more that we can honor what wants to come through us. And the more that we can bring the loving patience and dedication and commitment to show up for it day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, the larger it grows, the larger it grows, the more we begin to magnetize. When we align with the thing that is ours to bring Nothing, nothing can stop us.
1: Love it. I love it. And it's so that's that's an incredible perspective because I know a lot of the times I get asked the question. So I ask it to other thought leaders: Is which do you recommend going after your passion or your profit first? and a lot of people always say you know profits but i'm hearing a different perspective from you um maybe i'm not but the reason why i say that is because you say that like hey if you can figure out your passion and you can do it with a, a great amount of love right that you would do it for free anyway and then the way that you receive it back there'll be so much profit in that Right. And so that's why I heard a different perspective, because a lot of people only come from the business sense. But the way that that I just heard you say it, I think that I would be comfortable if I didn't already have something. And I'm starting from maybe looking at doing a pivot. I think I am looking deeper into my soul. And I'm trying to figure out, again, if I have passion for this, especially with the world that we live in today, where you can create an audience off of anything i'm looking at yeah. that as my profit first as you said it's praise then it's probably recognition and then from there i know that the money's gonna come i just have to figure out a way to be a little bit more unique because somebody's already getting paid for whatever that thing is yeah. right? you just got to figure out how can you be a little bit more unique and how can you love on the audience a little bit more
2: yeah and i would say that do not underestimate that you are the biggest asset you have hmm. your journey your story your perspective, your energy, your presence. So yes, there may be other people out there doing what you want to and aspire to do, but they are not you. Mm. And every single one of us has people for whom our medicine, our energy, our vibration resonates with. And it's our opportunity to find those people and our opportunity to make ourselves available so that those people can find us, right? And that's, that's where we, then we start to get to the strategy. And I say that Castanova, because often people want to start with strategy. Well, just tell me how to market my brand. I'm like, how about we figure out who you are first right? right. <laughs> and not who you are in terms of, do you like blue cellophane or red cellophane, but who are you as a soul? What were you brought? What were, what were you brought here to do? Let's get grounded and clear about that. And then we can bring the strategy, the marketing and the branding. Then that's, That's joy. That's fun. That's play. And that's actually very straightforward. The harder work, the harder work is to get to the truth of who you are Hmm. and to have the courage to bring what is uniquely yours to bring and to bring it through the fire of the fear and the self-doubt so that when it reaches the people who you are meant to reach, it has such a purity and such an integrity that it becomes irresistible and it becomes undeniable because it's you i love it i love have you been on oprah yet <laughs> <laughs> not yet thank you, did... thank you for asking and you know it is it, 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 if, if it's meant to be to you know oh, from, it's coming from your mouth to god's ears if it's meant to be she and i will find one another i love her and but I think that for me, the, you know, less than sort of the grandstand or the platform is, is I want us to know that this is accessible to us, right? that this is not, there's, there's nothing more special about anybody else than you. Mm-hmm. You are it. And when you can see that you are it in your eyes, not from an egoic place, but from a spirit place, from a grounded place of love, when you can see that you are it, my God, everything my God. is possible.
1: Right. Well, anybody watching this or listening to this right now, they feel like they're it. They're ready to run through a wall because I know because that's how I'm feeling. I'm like, this is, I'm it right now. This is
2: Death. turn up. <laughs> uh, no, this is phenomenal. I'm here because of you. Be right? clear. Only reason I'm here is because of you.
1: Look, I love it. I love it. And what's great about that is the you is whoever is listening, watching. Right, like I'm I love that. Who I got, I might have to take that one. I'm here because of you, and everybody's like, Oh, because me, because of each and every one of you. Right, that's how I that's how much I love you. Uh, so no, I, I love it. Let me ask who. Now, where do you get, I'm sure there's a lot of thought leaders that have come before our time, but like right now, who do you turn to when you look for inspiration? Because a lot of people are turning to you for inspiration, but at those times where you still have to sit back and be with your own thoughts, where are you turning for your inspiration?
2: I love that question. Um, I draw from a wide, wide spectrum of voices, some living, some not Um, And so it's interesting. I'm in the work, deeply in the work right now of John Randolph Price, which is um, a a spiritual teacher whose work I've been uh, in deeply probably for about the last 15 years. And Uh I have cycles where I go away from his work and I come back to his work and I go away from his work, I have come back to his work. Um, But his work has been very, very pivotal for me. And he's written a book called The Abundance Book and another book called The Success Book. And I love little books with big wisdom, yeah. uh, unlike my father, <laughs> who loves those huge problems. And not like I wouldn't read a big book, but I, if you can get it done at 52 pages, you are my friend. Um, I wish I could say I was able to do that in my book, but that's not the case, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm closer to my father with that. Um, but I, I would say his work. Uh, also, for me, a book that was pivotal and game-changing for me was The Science of, uh, of, of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles. And that book is in the Commonwealth now, but if you let us know Casanova, we'll make the link available for your audience. So that's, we'd love to give it just as one of the gifts we can, we can give and make available. Um, But Waddle's that book is 52 pages, right? 15 chapters. Um, And there's a particular chapter he has called the advancing man. Um, And it really is, I hold it as the advancing person, right? But the idea is that if you can give more life to others, and make them aware of it, that you indeed will be successful. You will prosper. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. And it was really from reading Waddles. And by the way, the book was written in 1910. From reading Waddles, what I took was my success is your success. And that's really the credo that I live by. Right. That if I if am able to, through my efforts of being of service to you, contribute to your success, then I am by direct result successful. Right. And that is the thing that drives. And I think if we, you know, again, if we come back to this idea of profitability, if you allow yourself to be led by love, if you become adamant about advancing and being willing to advance the lives of those you serve in whatever capacity that you serve them, you will prosper. Oh, yeah.
1: No, that's so phenomenal. It, It reminds me of that saying, right? you help enough people get what they want in return in life, right? You'll get everything that you could possibly want and even need, right? And so, yeah, no, I, I think that's phenomenal. Nobody can refute that. Uh, and, and obviously it comes with your work of what you've been doing for, you know, 15, 20 years now. Um, it's just been phenomenal. I know we're getting to the end of this. And uh, one question that I have in mind is knowing how wise you are now and how much you've learned over your time if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner, I always used to love to ask the question of, would you change anything? But people will always say, which I'm, I'm one that I don't believe it, but people always say, I wouldn't change anything because it made me who oh. I am today.
2: And I'm like, no, we would always still change something, right? <laughs> yes, love, Of course, many things, many right? things.
1: <laughs> so now I like to ask the question of, there is one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to mm. accelerate your path on your journey and your dream to where you are today day, what would that one thing
2: be? It's a great, great, great. I say this to you about all of the questions because all of your questions have been amazing. Um, For me, the game changer was understanding the laws of nature Hmm. and understanding the principles of the universe. I'll say that to say to you that when I began sort of this pathway of trying to figure out my stay true, get paid, do good, um, I was in all of the seminars, all of the get rich seminars, all of the how you build a business, all of it. Right. And listen, I love those guys. Some of those guys are my friends, my personal friends now, which is crazy to me, but it's true. Um, and I have a deep respect for their work because there are many ways in which they open my eyes. But it was the spiritual laws that did it for me. It was the law of vibration, which many of you know is the law of attraction or the law of pure potentiality, right? It's taught by Deepak Chopra in the seven spiritual laws. The laws of nature and understanding vibration and energy and becoming a student of vibration and energy was the game changer for me. This idea that I could create my reality that i could had that i had that co-creative power that i didn't have to be at the mercy of my circumstances that by far was what cut the lights on in my reality and it's the first thing that you encounter when you read the book.
1: <laughs> God, I love it. I love it. Well, that's something else, right? And, and that's something else that is actionable, that if someone wants to change the trajectory of wherever their path is leading them right now, right? And they want to implement, they want to have the shortcut, right? That is the shortcut right there. One, become aware, right? Two, figure out, you know, spiritually, how can you give more? Right. And when you figure out how you can give more, of course, in the end, you'll get more, but come from a mindset of abundance. And I, spe- I especially think with our, um, I don't want to say generation with our culture, right? For us, mm-hmm. we come from so much of a lack of abundance. We come from so much of a scarcity mindset yeah. that that's the one thing that we have to get, because if we can get that, that, that enables us, cause we already have all the talent, right? It's not to say that other cultures don't, but we know that we have a lot of talent. It's been said for 400 years, how much talent that we've had right but a lot of the times we've just been like you you said earlier we've just experienced so much trauma or we've seen our moms or our grandparents or our aunts or whoever it is experience that trauma that it creates a fear in us that says hey because i never got given up right nobody ever gave to me that when i get it i'm not gonna give it right and those are the ways that you can't change the world with that type of a mindset somebody's got to be an innovator somebody's got to buck the system or the trend. And that's what I loved of what you've done. Right. But I guess you've had both sides of it because you were given a lot. And I appreciate you for being transparent because a lot of the times people try to, you know, show how much trauma they've been through, but at the same time, they don't say, Hey, I did come from a great upbringing, but along with my great upbringing, it taught me these values and these principles, which I knew that it couldn't end with me. Yeah. I had to be able to give it out. And so I love that you said that as well. And yeah. this has been phenomenal, my sister. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank it, you it, so much. Yeah. we've, You know, we've, I've had both. I want to be clear. And I yeah. think we all have. And I think to your point, um, and I know we're trying to close here, but I just, I think the most important thing for each of us to recognize and understand is that the things that we've won are not as far from us as we think they are. They may mm-hmm. feel like they're eons away. But if we got on the path and started walking, it would start walking towards us too. Mm. Whatever you seek is seeking you. Whatever you're wanting is wanting you. And if you know that, if you can believe that, then that becomes food for your journey.
1: Yes. The law of attraction. Whatever you seek is, is seeking you. I, I love it. so. This again has been a phenomenal conversation and I want to be the first one if no one else has told you today to say, thank you. And I appreciate you. I'm sure the world appreciates you. Anybody who's still rocking with us. And I'm sure everybody's probably still rocking cause it's been nugget after nugget after nugget, but for someone who is still has that. And you talked about it a little bit earlier. The last question I have is for somebody who still has that little voice in their head, that little voice that says that they're not smart enough. They're not strong enough or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one final thing that you would leave this person with to get them to just take action?
2: Yeah, you, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to believe it all. It's your willingness to say today, I'm going to take one step and I'm going to take my terror with me. I say this all the time to my beloveds take your terror with you take your fear self-doubt you you don't have to leave them behind take them with you put them in your bag it's okay (laughs) at some point you'll decide when you want to put them down but for right now I don't care take it all with you move Hmm. be willing to move in honor of you be willing to move
1: I love it we are going to make sure that we put all of the links of not only the books that you mentioned, but of course, the calling, your book, in the show notes. But for anyone who wants to stay directly connected with you, where can they find you at?
2: So I'm at move the crowd.me, as in move me. Uh, so move the crowd.me is where you can find me. Also, I know we're going to be giving a gift of a masterclass today because. Many of your beloveds are trying to figure out their next pivot, their next move. So we're going to be giving you all a free masterclass called Pivot to Your Purpose. And this is really about helping you find and figure out your plan rooted in what is really calling you right now and helping you develop the courage, as we said, to take those first steps, that first leap um, and, and get on the path. And so uh, it was my joy, my honor to do that. I'm also at Raw Goddess at all, on all of the channels, IG, LinkedIn. Clubhouse. Um, Haven't I seen you in Clubhouse? Yes, I peeked in a Clubhouse, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, every once in a while, you'll see me very stealthily moving, moving around in Clubhouse, um, as well as, of course, uh, you know, IG and, and Facebook. For those who are even still on Facebook these days, um, I'm there. So, yes.
1: Cool. Well, what, like, again, we'll put all those links in the show notes. But remember, Dream Nation, just as she said, you have to move because we all have a dream. But if you don't take action on that dream, as we all know, that dream will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you